0: Lord, that your word is power when it is heard and believed and acted upon. We thank you, Lord, also that there is faith on your word because it comes from hearing, and hearing from the word of God. So, Lord, we thank you that we are a blessed people because we have the opportunity to hear your preached word. And we thank you, Lord, to bless us and give us increase according to our needs and according to our hearing, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. So today we're going to talk about the fact that your faith has an appointment with God's power. Uh, your faith has an appointment with God's power. Wow, amen. Yeah. Amen. Uh, your faith has an appointment with God's power. The Bible tells us that faith is a spiritual substance, but it is resident in all people, whether saved or unsaved. So there is a spiritual component to all human beings, whether saved or unsaved. Okay? What, what we really believe, according to the Bible, that the faith, the, the spirit... And the soul seem to have a mixture to them. There's spirit seems to be mixed up in soul. Now when you, you think about it, when God created the man, he breathed the breath of life. The Bible says he became a living soul after God breathed his breath or his spirit into him. So spirit and soul are mixed up. Are we all on the same page or what y'all gonna do? What you gonna do? Just stare at me until I say something else. You skip over that because you didn't like that so high. You can't spit that out. Alright? Spirit and soul are mixed in together. Now we know this because the, the first Adam was made like that. He had spirit and soul mixture. So we are descendants of the first Adam. But then when we get born again, we have the life of the second Adam come into us, or the last Adam, and that's Jesus Christ. So we really have a soul life mixed with spirit before you're saved. But then after you're saved, you have the spirit or the life of Christ that was 100% spirit-dominated And soul subjected to it. So Christ's life in us is a 100% spirit dominated life. Where the normal natural human being has soul and spirit mixed up together. And this life is under a curse. So your soul and spirit are kind of smashed in a collision fashion in your being. And that being is condemned to die. So when the word of God comes in you, your spirit is what we call born again. It was born the first time when God breathed the breath of life into man and he became a living soul. So Adam lived what we call a soul life. But it was led in obedience to God. So in a way, as long as he was connected to God, he had somewhat similar to a Christ life because it was spirit dominated but his soul and spirit in himself were mixed together and so this is important to understand because when the life of christ comes into you you are born your spirit is reborn of the word of god and then this word goes through your soul separating out soul from spirit where it was mixed in together So the Bible says the word of God divides asunder soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and cuts real deep and cuts away your carnal nature away from your spirit man so your spirit man can get free of that junk and start to live for God. What happens over a course of time is as you renew your mind in the word of God, You actually say bye-bye to the soul life. You say goodbye to the carnal life. You say goodbye to the old stuff. And you can function 100 totally. And this process goes on in us all the days that we live the life in God. And nobody knows what's going on on the inside of you. You can be just as normal as you please. You can walk around and you make the choice whether to go the carnal route or whether to go the spiritual route. And as you walk after God, walk after the word, walk in obedience to the word, in obedience to the Christ, more of your spirit, your soul gets freed up and then combines with your born-again spirit. And you walk in what we call the mind of Christ or the newness of life. Amen. And you can forget the old man totally ever lived. Amen. I mean, you can live, it's a veil. There's a partition that comes inside of us that allows us to let that spirit man walk free of the old man the longer you walk away from the old life the more distant it becomes it becomes like you know like ashes or like dust you can almost not find a remnant of that old life except that you know it exists somewhere but you're dead to it and you made the choice to come alive in a righteousness it's a miracle See, this is a miraculous way of living. This is why human beings are living miracles once they're born again. Because they can see you in a changed life and they watch you to see if you're going to slip up and be the old person again and it never happens. So they quit watching and then you become the enemy because you've gone over to the other side. See, And so this process of, of conversion is what we call it. Or coming into a new life comes to us as a miracle and as a gift of God, once we become born again. So once you're born again then, you have faith inside of you and it starts working in a different fashion. Your normal human faith that you, that every man is dealt the measure of faith. Everybody's given the measure. That's enough to get everything that you need for the rest of your life. What you do with it depends on what power you yield to. You, po- you yield to the power of God and the renewed man or do you yield to the power of the old life? Now, under the power of the old life, faith gets detached from God's power because of the curse. Write that down. Your faith is detached or disconnected From the power of God. Under the curse. Under the old life. It is detached from the power of God. And then your faith. Begins to work. But in a cursed fashion. Everything under the curse is slower. For a good reason. Hmm? That's why when we pray. We expect. It to take forever to get the prayer answered because your expectation is locked up in the old way. It's locked up in the curse. It's locked up in the carnal man. And the carnal man sees everything at a slower pace than the spirit man does. For a good reason. The spirit man, when he's connected to God, can see it as God sees it. The carnal man sees it as God prefers it to be in our carnal state. So everything in your carnal man is slower because of the curse. Why is it slower? Because you don't want it fast. (laughs) When you cuss somebody out, you don't want that to manifest like it would if God said those words. You got me? Huh? When you get mad and stub your toe, and, and or if you get mad at somebody and tell them to go to hell, you don't want that to manifest in a supernatural fashion the way God's word would, or they'd be down there so fast, you'd send everybody. In fact, you probably would be sent before you get to be two years old. Huh? You got me? And so the curse comes as a protection for us against ourselves. Hmm. God was so adamant about that, he locked the man and the woman out of the garden and put an angel there. He said, lest they go back in and eat of the tree of life and live forever in this condemned state. So after the curse, God immediately sets forth a plan of redemption to put us back into his power, because that's where he prefers us to be, but in a righteous condition. He doesn't want you in his power in a condemned condition. He wants you in his power in a righteous condition. That's why he strongly says faith works by love. That's the only way your faith is going to work. It has to be in the right atmosphere for it to work the right way with the right components attached to it so that it will bring about the right results and not a catastrophe and a disaster in your life. Lord knows we get enough of that on our own. Just our normal human faith gets us in so much trouble, we had to wind up repenting of that life and receiving Christ. That's true for everybody. And so we should bless God for the fact that that our faith is disconnected from his supernatural power. So it's, it's in more of a dormant state, really, before we're born again. And after we come to a knowledge of Christ then he gradually turns up the power on it in small increments to get us used to it. Now parents, when you were teaching your children to drive, probably a car is probably the single most powerful machine that a human being will ever operate in their life. You know, what you start doing, let them sit under there, let it, let them sit when it's running, and then you let them take their pit foot off the gas little bit by little bit by little bit, and eventually they can go and put your foot back down again. We lose control. Don't let you know, back and forth, back and forth. You never let them hit the accelerator until you at least know they can get out of the, back out of the their driveway without killing somebody. You see? And so that's what God does with us with our faith. He puts it's on. It's got brakes on it when we are first introduced to God, and He slowly releases the power as we learn the ways of the kingdom. And you've got to learn the ways of the kingdom for Him to release more power. So that's why His faith is disconnected from your. His power is disconnected from your faith. Because he does not want you to put your foot on the gas and drive straight through and wreck your life in a supernatural fashion. And so your faith, though, once you start to develop your faith, your faith has an appointment where it will connect with God's power. And what you desire from God will manifest again. Okay, So y'all got it? Okay. So that's what we're going to talk about as far as how this operates you need to know how this process operates so that you can be encouraged every day where your faith is concerned you can know what things you need to do to get the manifestation that's what we all want to know how are we going to get god to do it we know we see in the bible he says he will do it but how's that going to happen i want to know how to do it and so this is what we're going to talk about today the fact that your faith has an appointment with God's power. It is disconnected from God's power until all things are set up in the proper way for that appointment to be connected together and then it'll, it'll manifest what you need. So again, Hebrews 11.1 tells us faith is a supernatural substance. Faith is a substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So for anything you desire from God, your faith is the only evidence you need. If it's wishy-washy and it's floppy, it's flimsy evidence. And if you want it to be more substantial, then that's your job to develop it more. It comes by hearing the word. Put yourself in the word of God. Put yourself under the word. Now, people who who desire things that we know clearly from the Word of God that we've received already, that he's given, like, you know, your healing and so forth, we have no problem getting, you know, turning the tapes on until we know those symptoms are gone. And we can do that with every other single thing that we need from the Word of God. We can do that and know that that faith can be developed. You know, it took me a lot of years to understand that. That there were no exceptions to that rule. Now, there are some times, though, when God, in self-will, faith works by love. Now, if you're in self-will, and you're going after and going after something in greed or lust or something like that, it's not going to work that way. But in your devotion to God, you worship God, and, and he leads you into the word and shows you and then you begin to meditate on that and it comes to you, then, then those things are for you. They can be, your faith can be freely developed in all of those things. Amen. It can be freely developed for things that are necessities. You need, you need an education, you need clothing, you need shelter, all of that kind of stuff. The faith, you can just walk in a given that it's going to be supplied to you by God. You can. Same thing with healing. Those are atonement promises, things that you have already given. If if they're missing from your life, the enemy stole them some kind of way, and you can get divine restitution. So anything that comes under the heading of divine restitution, you can pursue it. You know, just go after it. There are some things, though, that are on an appointment schedule. Desires of your heart things things that would bless and and adorn your life in a greater way those things are on a timed release schedule and they fall under the heading of the abundance of God and the fullness of God and they come into your life in such a way that they don't begin to be the focus of your life set you up in idolatry Set you up in breaking. See, God doesn't, If in order to bless you, he must obey all of his laws in the blessing process. He can't violate any of them. So, for instance, if God knows that if he gave you a certain uh, size of a house, you know, a, a, a seven-bedroom or eight-bedroom mansion with five bathrooms and you're scared about the plumbing bill, he's not going to do that to you. He's not going to put you in fear and you're scared about the note. He's not going to do that to you. Okay? If, if it, if it looks like after you get things, you don't have so much time for Him anymore, He's not gonna bless you with them. You got me? So He will not put you in a place where you're tempted to violate His law in the process of blessing you. See, it took me a lot of years to understand this about why some people got their answer right away, so why some people had to wait, why some, but God told me, He said, you can reassure everybody who's believing me for anything that their faith has an appointment with my power. He said, but I've unplugged the power from some of these promises because it's not time for the appointment to be made yet. Now you can understand that, can't you? Because we get things by what the Bible calls inheritance. It's not Inheritance is not a big shopping bag where you can go through God's place and just yank stuff out of his closet and put it in your bag and take it home with you. Inheritance is, is a type of earning, if you will, but not buying. Not earning with carnal uh, commodity purchase. Earning in the sense of faithfulness and reward type earning. So if you're faithful to walk with God and you're faithful to renew your mind, you're faithful to walk in love, you're faithful to do these things, then God has no problem adding things to your life. Sometimes things will come to your life after you've reached a certain level of maturity. You just don't care that much about things anymore. And somehow they all all of a sudden start showing up. Uh, Now maturity has very little to do with years. It has to do with what's on the inside of you. Your spirit man's level of ability and capacity to focus in on God and let go of the the dictates of the world. And so when you understand these things about God's kingdom and his system, it'll cause you to relax about a lot of things that we get very, very anxious about. You'll enter a place of relaxing about these things, and you won't be anxious for anything. God loves it when you're not anxious, it proves to Him you trust Him. Hmm? And so, you have Jesus wasn't anxious about anything because He knew His relationship with the Father and He knew it would sustain Him through anything. And the most important thing to Him was staying connected to the Father. Hmm? And so, that has to be our attitude. The most important thing is connecting to the Father. Amen. Huh? Amen. You know, sometimes you'll catch yourself when you start worrying about stuff too much. You say to yourself, you, some one day you'll blurt out, you say, God, you know what? If I never get this, I'm still going to serve you. Yeah. Huh? And that's how you correct yourself from worrying and being in doubt and being in fear and being in all this kind of stuff. And so uh, God tells us then that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. So it's substantial evidence. So if you have faith, that's your substantial evidence. You don't need a confirmation. That confirms something is there. Huh? You know, today being Mother's Day, any woman that's a a mother that has birthed a child can tell you that when they... They first thought they were pregnant by something. They weren't sure, but they suspected something was up. And faith is like that. It's that something going on on the inside of you that wasn't there before, but you suspect. And so they'll go a little while and see if there's a little more evidence. And then they suspect a little more. And then finally it's time to go to the doctor to have things checked out. And then it's confirmed. And so it's the same way with our faith. There's something going on on the inside of you that was not there before. huh? And so you're suspecting that God's up to something. huh? You know, I don't usually go through all the birthing terms and, you know, all that crazy stuff that, you know... Crazy people get involved in. They get go too far with it. But there are a lot of similarities Amen. that you can teach people regarding these things. So it's evidence, substantial evidence. Huh? Substantial evidence, your faith is. And what is it evidence of? It's evidence of something real going on in the realm of the Spirit. That God is preparing something for you In the realm of the spirit. So faith then becomes your spiritual evidence that something has happened on the inside of you that wasn't there before. And inside of your faith is your vision and your hope wrapped up in it. So you can say that faith is a package that holds the hope and the vision for your life. Everything that you'll ever need and get from God is wrapped up in your faith. Mm -hmm. So faith is a spiritual substance that contains hope and contains vision and dreams all wrapped up in it. So faith really is a package of a future event. And so our question as Christians, it should be this. What takes us from faith to reality? What takes us from mere faith, which is substantial, to reality? And the answer is your faith does. Your faith knows how to drive the car. Huh? So when you first start driving your faith car, you take your foot off the brake. You're scared of it. You don't want to want it to go too fast. You know, I've had times when when I would want to believe God for great things and I think about it, I say, man, if that all dropped in here tomorrow, I'd be scared. You know, the thought frightens you. And so I don't want to take my foot off the brake or hit the accelerator too fast and that bad boy get away from me until I know how to control the whole thing in God. You got me? And so your faith knows how to get you from faith As a confirmation to to reality. Your faith knows where it's headed. And your faith knows what it can produce. The spirit of faith has a mind. It has eyes. It has ears. It is a spirit. It has a voice. We know that. Your faith can talk to you and it does talk to you. Your faith contains things that are personal to to you because it is a part of you. Your faith is a reflection of your life. It is a spiritual substance and it is 100% God, but it's 100% personal to you. Your faith can bring into your life things that are important to you. That are a reflection of your values, your thoughts, what you like, what you don't like. It's personal to you, but it's 100% God. So your faith is like having having faith uh, uh, on the inside of you is like having your own little personal chauffeur. He knows the route. He knows where you want to go. He knows how you like to travel. He wants to make you comfortable. He's got your favorite bottle of water back there and All the things that you like. You know you got your lights and the neon lights under the floorboard and all this kind of nonsense. And he's driving you from one destination from faith to faith to faith. Amen. And he knows how to get you there. He'll get you there in style. He'll get you there intact. Nothing missing. Nothing broken. He knows how to get you from one place to the other. So when your faith is working... Your faith is getting you to a certain place. Huh? And that place is an appointment with God's power. So your faith can be a comfortable ride from one place to another. You're not stressed about anything. You're in complete comfort. You can rest and relax because he knows the route. He drives the vehicle. He does everything. And it's all done in 100% comfort because of your faith. So your faith contains things that are personal to you because it's a part of you. Your world is framed by the words of the spirit of faith that lives inside of you. So in order for it to that promise to be delivered to your doorstep, that faith must work in you. Mm. That's why your faith, you can't just leave a prayer request somewhere for somebody to pray for you. Mm. Now, <clears throat> God will honor that to a degree, but with believers you at least have to come into agreement with that in order for it to work. And at some point that the load has to be carried by you to that appointment. You got it? See, there are some things that other people believing with you and agreeing with you cannot do for you. Mm -hmm. Because if that promise is going to be delivered to your doorstep, you've got to be the one to make the appointment. You've got to keep the appointment for the release of that promise in your life. Now, Faith is given to you by God as a means of connecting to him in his world and bringing his world down to you. So you, with your faith, you connect to God's world. Whatever God's promised you is in his world. It ain't down here. You'd have it. As nosy as y'all is, you'd have had it already. huh? Always scoping out, snooping out something. You know, you'd have found it by now. So it's in his world. The riches of God are in glory. So it's a means of connecting you to him in his world and bringing his world down to you. Faith is the spiritual stuff that our reality is made out of. So right now, as you hear the word... God is putting together something that you've asked him for. Or something that he has planned for you. And if you stay connected to him, you will eventually walk into it. But he will enlighten you what's coming. He does that through the word. People who don't read the word on a regular basis won't get enlightened very much. And won't know what's coming for them. You got me? And so this is how your faith gets fed and he gets fuel in his tank to drive you a little bit further. Hmm? It's through your reading the word of God. Modern day Christians know better than to try to live off sermon to sermon. You just won't make it like that. The sermons are to enlighten you and teach you and open you up to the possibilities of God. But pretty much most of the believing is on you to develop that faith further once it gets ignited by what's given here. So what keeps everything we believe from manifesting at one time is the fact that the power is detached from our faith. The power of God is detached from our faith. But your faith is taking you to the place where it will be reconnected again. Okay, so your faith is the driving force that is taking the vehicle of your life toward the destination that God has for it. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> faith keeps. Uh, faith is what the faith we keep with us mm-hmm. as our confirmation that God's promise is real. So faith gives us a reality about the promises of God. It assures us that the promise is real. And you need assurance because you don't want to give up on something. But faith assurance is more than enough to keep us encouraged in God. You know, we don't need. What you're looking for when you start saying... I just don't know if God's going to do this anymore. Or that what you're really looking for is you want to see something in the natural. That's your carnal man craving something in the now. That you're he's 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 now he's stepped on your spirit man so to speak, and now he's running things and he wants to see something. Your spirit man doesn't care about seeing anything. He sees everything he needs to see by the spirit of God. So it's your carnal man that's taken over and you know the the switch over is so subtle a lot of times people don't even recognize that's what's wrong with them people say well god show me something show me something confirm me and god graciously sometimes will do it but you still it didn't come yet so you still got to go back inside and live by faith huh if we're justified people the bible says the just shall live by faith and if you don't don't accept that you'll die Because it will kill you trying to get supernatural things in here through the natural route. And God calls people like that wicked and perverse. He said a wicked and perverse generation seeks a sign. Justified people live by faith. Which is no sign. Faith. Hmm? That's the only sign. Jesus said the only sign you go get. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? (laughs) So live by faith. that's on the inside of you. Alright, so faith, what what causes the power to be reconnected to your faith? Huh? What causes the power to be re- reconnected to your faith? Well, it has to be some action on your part. Hmm? The... The Your faith, the power is detached from your faith until your faith is acted upon with a corresponding action. So there will be some corresponding action that will cause your faith to make that appointment with God's power. For many people, especially people that need a miracle or need healing, it's a meeting where the power of God is, is resident. Now that's so obvious that we should all pick up on that. But many times, now number one, many people won't think that that's how they're going to get healed. They think God's got to make their pastor get the answer for them. Even though they're in a dead church and they've been coming for years and they've been sick for years. And if that were going to be the circumstance, God would have done it a long time ago. So that's not it. And so they but but in by and large most of us understand how these things happen. And we know that if you need to get healed, you come to a meeting where the power, healing power of God manifests on a regular basis. Right. And so if you get there and you're in faith and you can get your miracle, that's the most likely circumstance that it's going to happen in. But we don't think that way when we think about the things that we need. We don't know why it's taking so long. And when is God going to do this? And I gave up on that a long time ago. And na 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 na. But if you can invite somebody to the healing school and believe with them that they're healed there, why don't you think your faith has an appointment with God's power so they can manifest? So all faith has an appointment with God's power that's where it's going to manifest and there will be a day when there will be an action that you will take that will reconnect the power of God to your faith and that thing will manifest and only your faith knows when and where that is but you must trust that your faith is working every day to get you there every day your faith is working to get you to that destination where that 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 reconnection will be made so that that power of God will manifest in your promise. And so, if you think about it, when when you get discouraged about your answer, or you get disillusioned about your answer, that's your faith car running low on gas. And he's asking you to fill me up again. If you fill up on the word of God one more time, then that engine will get to running smoothly again and you'll feel peace about where you're going and, and you, everybody who will sit down and read their Bible for at least 15 minutes to a half an hour comes out feeling full again. Amen. You don't come out and say, I don't know when this is going to happen or I've gotten discouraged or when is this going to happen? You feel full again. Why? Because your faith tank is filled up again. And faith picks up and he starts driving your life again and he's totally satisfied that he's going to get you to the destination huh? until you run low on gas again. And so your faith, has he has his own mind, he has his own will, he has his own understanding of what you need and what you want and he is determined to get you there. But you've got to cooperate with the spirit of faith. So all of our teaching... And all of our study and understanding must be leaning toward getting us to learn how to cooperate with the spirit of faith in our lives. Or we will not receive the things that we're asking God for. We'll quit on them. And the Bible tells us not to get weary in well-doing. Well-doing is staying in the word. If you don't stay in the word, you're not doing well. Huh? So he tells us not to get weary in well-doing And this is the encouragement that the spirit of faith gives you. He tells you in due season you'll reap if you don't quit. If you don't faint. If you don't lose heart. You'll reap in due season. Why? Because your faith is taking you somewhere. It's taking you to appointment with the release of God's power. Where the power of God will be released. So that you can receive what it is that you're asking God for. So there is a corresponding work. That your faith. Your faith is going to a job. It's taking you and him to a job. And there will be a work where that faith will be released. And then that promise will come to you. So the believer must decide with the spirit of faith that now is the time for it. No more waiting. Today is the day. This is it. Uh, there won't come another better season. There won't come another better time. So in, the believer must decide that now is the time for the manifestation in order for God to make the appointment for our faith to meet his power. Now how do you decide that? You don't decide it in your flesh. You don't decide it by being tired of waiting. You don't decide it by being upset with God that it hasn't happened yet. You decide by the intelligence of the spirit of faith. That spirit of faith will start to speak to you in a more now fashion. He will make it more real and it's almost like you can reach out and touch it. And as long as you continue to obey the spirit of faith, that destination, you just move closer and closer and closer to it. Now sometimes faith, your faith will be almost like you can touch it and then there's a waiting period. Well that was an encouragement from the spirit of faith that is still there. Faith knows how to talk to us. He knows how when we're losing heart. He knows when we're getting faint. He knows when we're not believing anymore. He knows when we're angry, when we're upset, when we don't want to, all that kind of stuff. Many times we don't have the things we desire from God because we don't go in the word to get the faith built for them. They just become a wish and a want. And something that it would be nice one day to have it. But we're afraid to confront our unbelief. We're afraid to confront our lack of desire. So we rather live with it in a very superficial manner. And let the superficial work instead of the deep work on our faith. Yeah. Yeah. Faith is a deep work. Yeah. Yeah. And so the spirit of faith will connect with your spirit in the, in the spirit realm in a deep way. And then you walk in a confidence that the spirit of faith will get you there. You've got to do your part though and feed the spirit of faith. You can't let him get weak. You can't let him get faint and you can't let him go dormant. And then you got to have somebody come and tap you on the shoulder and say, you know, I've been praying for you. How's this going in your life? Huh? And then they got to stir you back up and tell you God still wants you to have it. You know how it goes, saints. Some people are so out of the loop, they never let anybody know what they want. you got me they just come to church when they come just out of it at least if you're believing and you're disappointed off and on you're in the game I'd rather be in the game struggling disappointed off and on than to just be on the outside and nobody you don't don't ever pray with your prayer partner you don't connect on the regular you're just out of the loop and it's a, a sad place to be when God has so much for us but if you will feed your faith, your faith knows how to get you to the place where the power of God will be released. And that promise will be bo- released to you. So <clears throat> the time for the manifestation, is the believer must decide that now is the time for the manifestation in order for God to make the appointment for our faith to meet his power. And you decide that along with the spirit of faith. Many times people who walk their whole Christian walk without receiving what God has for them never really believe to begin with. They never fed the engine of the vehicle of their faith. And then they live like natural people. You know, I'm not saying they don't have anything or they don't have a life but they're living a carnal life when they really should be allowing God to feed their supernatural faith so the good things that God's promised them will come to them. Those things will come, but you've got to feed it. You've got to step out in enough faith to believe that that is for you for real and that God seriously wants you to have these things and you don't side with the spirit of the world that says they're not for you it's really easy to side with the world you know and decide certain things are out of your reach and out of your realm because you you just make up your mind that the way you're living is okay and things are not for you and if you don't change that and allow god to stir you up to different things then you'll spend your life missing the things that god has for you because you never disengaged your thinking from the world your soul is still mixed up with your spirit and your spirit has not freed itself up enough with the word of god to come into a reality of what god has for it or sometimes people will decide they'll they'll begin wanting god's promises and wanting what god has for them but then as a as a uh, go along with the group kind of thing and you'll see this if you're if you've been in christian life long enough uh, you know, sometimes you're with a Bible study group and everybody in that group wants, you know, maybe a home business. And then you get with another group and this group wants household salvation. So you gung-ho on that for a while. And so if your faith is merely an affirmation of some group that you belong to, just like the word of faith people. Everybody wanted the wealth transfer until the market crashed. Right. And see if your ideas come from the world when things look devastating in the world that dream goes away. You got it? And so if you're if you're only attached based on what the group wants, you'll as soon as the group desire changes, then you want something else. Like you know in some churches they got a men's ministry, a women's ministry, a singles ministry, a this ministry I don't want people to get pumped up in a specialty meeting for something and then they come in the general congregation and get deflated again. It's like a support group, a support group within a church. You get in there and they focus totally like singles. They focus totally on, uh, no wed, no bed. You know, they got so many slogans that they pump your brain with. And then they have everybody take a pledge to stay celibate and a pledge for this. Listen, can we cut this crap out? And if you ain't reading your Bible, and if you don't get a vision of your, your home, your life, your family, your spouse, in the 66 books here, a specialty group in the congregation is not going to help you none. If you're not applying the word to what you what you want. If you're really not into it to that level then nothing's really going to come to you. I don't care how many, you know, the men's group. Oh, we'll get our army fatigues on, and we'll start to be mighty men of God and march around and carry guns and all this kind of stuff and scare half the people in the church. But then on Monday, you don't go get up and get a job. Turn it over. We turned over? Wonderful. Good. Huh? You want to attack something, brother, attack that. (laughs) And sit down and shut up and just take some notes when the preacher does the general sermon on how to be successful and go get a job. You see? So none of that other stuff means anything if you're not going to connect up with the word of God. Connect your faith enough with God's word to desire just the normal things that God would bring to us. And stay with, stay focused on that, stay with that, let God complete that in your life so that at least you can cross off one thing off your prayer list that you know that your faith worked to get you there. You got me? So when you think about what your faith can do, you need to think about your faith doing the extraordinary in your life and not just merely things that you you can do in a club fashion. You're talking about the supernatural power of God that can totally revolutionize your life in one day. It can take you from the pit to the palace in a few hours. Simply because you have fed your faith and it's driven you to the point now where that faith can be released into God's power and that thing that you want so badly will manifest for you. Huh? So you stay connected. Stay attached stay enthused stay alive in your spirit where god is concerned so that he can bring you the hope and the encouragement that you so desperately need from him we need god to work on our behalf so desperately and many times we are so detached we can just barely stay alert to hear the word of god you got me because your, your, your soul focus is, is so focused elsewhere, you don't know how to zero in and stay connected in that fashion. You gotta have your faith connected even in a meeting right. to stay fresh with God. Right. To say nothing of gathering more to add to that in your day to day. And so we have to stay alert and, and awake and aware in God's things not let don't let your soul take away what God God's trying to feed to your spirit don't let him continue to rob your spirit of the things God has for you we need to undertake sometimes in a more serious fashion some of the things God has for us I know I joke and I kid about you know dating and all that kind of stuff but I'm trying to keep you from getting depressed you know sometimes because sometimes you can feel the low level of enthusiasm in people where the world has crushed all of your hope and all of your enthusiasm for certain things that god promises to everybody huh how common is it to get married he brought the man to the woman and that's all it was as as far as the looking was concerned he didn't have to look and so if we don't understand that that's God's purpose for everybody, will listen to the world. And the world says, you don't have to get married, don't trust anybody, get a pre-nup, get a post-nup, get all these nups, put all this fear on you for one another, but yet you can go hop into bed with somebody and, and sleep around with them. You can get that close to somebody, but you don't want to connect for a, for a lifetime. And to me, it's more natural to want to connect to somebody in a friend fashion, want a friend for life, than to just want to jump casually in the bed with somebody. That just seems real foreign to me. Now, I'm old school, and my mother spent a lot of time making her girls at least get a ring. You know what I'm saying? I mean, that's as much as she could could help us with, because there were four of us. You know, and, and you know how girls are. You know, we... I've been in mental pause since I was three. You understand what? I'm not, not I ain't talking to you. Let me talk to some girls. I'll get off of here! You know what I'm saying? But girls are like that. They're a little moody. They're a little strange sometimes. It's a hormone thing. That's why men are scared of them. Wake up over there! Sitting up there, trying to hide his head. You understand? Well, hot flashes are nothing new for me. You know, I've been having them since I was yay like that. And so my mother, having to raise four girls into women, had to instill certain things in us to keep us from making the mistake. And now you see girls making the mistake at 12, 13, 14, multiple partners by the time they're 16. See, this is because the world has given people a fear of real relationship. You can relate to somebody on an intimate level for a short period of time and reject them, but you can't make a commitment for a lifetime to one person. Mm -hmm. See, that's what the world has done. And so when people come out of the world into the church, then the church has to erase all of that and give you hope that you are a new creature, that I don't care who you slept with, God makes you a virgin again. But you got to get in the word and deal with that on that level for that to supernaturally happen to you. So you don't think you have to, you know, every person you meet that's a a, a potential uh, spouse, you don't have to read them your bad resume. You got me? And so this is why something is natural. I thought like everybody married. You know what I'm saying? Oh, you look married. You you single? You're joking. You know, I mean, somebody was your age because that was so common for everybody to do. And then I look at this generation and all of a sudden we got the single mom, the single parent, the one over here, the kid over here and the husband over here and the no husband and the baby daddy. And we got all this new terminology and it's killing our trust of one another. We don't trust one another. We don't trust God. So that's why it's hard for somebody to say, I'm going to diligently read the word because I want to be married and I want a good husband. So we joke about it. And that's as deep as we can go sometimes because it's seldom that you will get somebody and come to Pastor Barb. I really want to pray for a good husband. I want to be a good wife to somebody. So we keep joking about it until we can get you to dig a little more seriously about it. You know, at least we scratch the surface and we get this worldly stuff off of people and we get you to understand sometimes that that longing in your heart and some of those promises that God has for you are completed best with somebody else that you're committed to, not somebody you're casually involved with. See. And so we have to understand that when the faith in you begins to develop for these things, that's a personal thing between you and God. See, you can look in the Word of God and you don't have to blush every time you think about somebody caring about you or loving you. Or you don't have to think, that's not for me. Nobody loves me. I'll never find it. Look at all that I've done. Look at me. Or the other extreme, you don't have to be... A church hopper that just goes to a church because you hears a lot of men in that church. Huh? You don't go for the word, you just go for the prospect or the possibility, and you just sit there every Sunday and look around to see who it might be. You see? Same thing with men. They'll go to churches because they hear it's a bunch of women over there, huh? Church girls. They keep a job. They stay at home and they take care of you and they don't sleep around. You won't get no SID or SD. What do they call them? STDs. See, to me, that's a gas product, you know, for my generation. It's something else now. Alphabet soup. But see, if you will, if you will take it seriously with God, between you and God, you, you and your Bible, By yourself at home, nobody looking over your shoulder, nobody telling you what you're supposed to have. And why don't you pray for this? And why don't you got this? Huh? Nobody's pushing you in a club fashion to join their club of what they think a perfect life is supposed to be. Just between you and God. And your faith that drives your personal vehicle to the next destination will get you there. And before anybody knows it, you didn't pass out the invitations, Amen. and we all rejoice we giving you a shower. who? Oh, I never thought, "Well, yeah, oh, come on, girl, yeah, yeah girl. Yeah, I'm, you know, I give you a shower. Now, nah, show me the ring. you know that's what pastors well, female pastors are supposed to do. We're supposed to see the evidence <laughs> that the boy is serious. You understand what I'm saying? We protect you. Now, I'm serious about the ring thing. I'm not lying about that. Right. Now, I don't have to be real big, but it's got to be big enough to show some serious intent. <laughs> you got that, didn't you? You know, you know about what size I'm talking about, don't you? They know. Huh? And so, between you and God, your faith vehicle is taking you. Don't let it stall out. Don't sit there and want something and then not want it the next minute when your brain, your worldly brain, gets to taking it away from you. Stay with it. If you got to fight your worldly brain and fight your fear and your nervousness on the inside of you to hold on to it, then that's what you do in the privacy of your relationship between you and God. God, I don't know if I want to be married. I just see these people and they don't stay married. And, you know, we got people coming and they're divorced and they don't get along. And suppose my husband cheats on me and suppose he leaves me and I might have to pray for him for years. I don't want that, God. Huh? Well, he don't want that either. But you got to get to a point where your faith is fed enough for something So that you can believe in spite of all those negative thoughts that come to you, it's still worth pursuing, it's still worth having, it's still something that God's promised me and I'm going to pursue it because this is life. This is normal Christian life. So you're not pursuing something that's so far out of reach for you because you're not worthy. It's out of reach because of what the world has fed to your brain all these years you imagine some of these young people who are sitting up in front of a TV now, the stuff they get fed to them, they don't trust anybody. They don't trust parents. They don't trust teachers. They don't trust government. They don't trust, and there's certainly no God on TV. We took that off a long time ago. You know, except for the people that can afford to pay all that money to be on there, and some of them messages ain't so hot. And so where are you going to get truth from? You're going to get it yourself in the word of God. You're going to feed your faith and feed your spirit truth that will help you get from one destination to another. One promise of God to another. Every day. feed. Just put some fuel in the tank. Say I'm fueling my faith car up today. Um, It's driving me and I can't let it stall out and I can't let it sputter. I must get to my next destination. Must get there. You must get there. Because oftentimes somebody else is waiting at that destination that your faith needs to hook up with theirs so that their life can be complete too. So you're stalling out somebody else's life if you're stalled out. But God will connect somebody. God will get somebody to that destination where that promise is to be released. Because he wants to bless people. He lives to bless us. So where were we? The faith had an appointment with God's power so you must constantly move toward the, the place where the powers be to be released in order for the manifestation to take place so I have an example here my example is you want to buy a car first the first step in in, in any process of believing God is decide what you want hmm? Decide what you want. Now, it'll shock you how many people have trouble with that one. Huh? Well, I want that but No butts, okay? Just get rid of all the butts and decide what you want. Number two is seek God in His Word. <clears throat> and you seek until you get it. Not seek until you find something you like and you start praying for it. But from the day, first day you begin to pray for it till the day it arrives. Hmm. Now, let me tell you what people will do. They'll make the decision as to what they want. And then start going calling the creditors. Amen yeah. <laughs> Huh? Amen. And this is why, many times, people get blessings with sorrow. Yeah. There's a strain on you, because mm-hmm. you never sought God for what it is that you wanted. Once you seek God, you put him in charge of bringing it to you. And for some people that's just not fast enough. Yeah, you know, i hear people say, Well, you don't have to pray about that, you can go do that yourself. Yeah, and you can mess it up too. Huh? See never never put yourself on that level. Where some things you don't have to pray about. You seek him in everything. So seek him in his word. Now how do you know God's with you in it? Well, peace will confirm that He's with you in it. So God's peace will confirm that he's in agreement with you. He wants you to have it or he has it for you somewhere, and he'll he'll work to start leading you to it. Number three, you must believe you've received it at the time you prayed. You must believe you receive it when you pray. Then you look for God to lead you to the place where your faith will be connected with his power. And that's a place of manifestation. Now let me tell you the first time that you look For a place for it to be connected with his power. So what is that? Well, that's going out shopping. That's where your faith will be connected with God's power. And that's at the dealership, the showroom. Or, you know, if you're looking for a good used car, it might be driving down the street. It might be any place like that. But your faith now is on the hunt to connect with God's power. And so you need to be alert and attentive to the fact that your faith will put you there. Now let me tell you what most people do. They go somewhere in the flesh calling it faith. And then when they get there and they're not they're not pleased with what goes on, they're mad at God. You go there mad. Because many times you don't go there in faith, you go in there suspicious. You think somebody's going to give you a bad report. You think you're not going to be able to afford what you really want. You go there with all those doubts. There's nothing about faith in that whole thing, but that's what we do. Hmm? Isn't it? Or we go there and we want something, but we don't want to pay as much as we know it costs. You got me? So there's nothing of faith in that either. You're not trusting you're you're adding heaps of doubt and problems to the process when it don't have to be like that see if faith is driving you comfortably and he's confident that he can get you say yeah just sit back and relax i know where that is and i'm getting ready to take you there that's what faith tells you hmm. and if we get up and start driving yeah. put our foot on gas got your pedal from <laughs> I know when I get there, they going to tell me, them, what's my credit score? I looked it up. I ain't going to even look it up this time. I know it ain't no good. <laughs> huh? Mm. Or you can be overconfident about your natural abilities. And they stick you with something you didn't seek God. People come in with good credit. They know they can get it. They know they can afford it and so forth and so on. And then they get stuck with a lemon. Because they're looking in the natural at what they have going for them. And they never consult God. So either way around, you better put your faith in the driver's seat. And trust God and feed your faith for these things. Because your natural abilities are going to fail. God's never going to let your flesh outdo him. Huh? Other than that, he might as well quit being God and just let you run everything. And so, when we set out to trust God, this is a peaceful ride all the way in to the manifestation that we don't have any bumps, bruises, nothing missing, nothing broken, everything intact. We get what we pray for, we get what we ask for, and it works out for us. If there are problems, If you have sought God, you can freely go back to him and say, "Now look, God, you and I talked about this and we discussed how I like for things to be. And, you know, I'm the kind of person that just really don't like problems. But here a problem has popped up with this, God. Now I'm expecting you as God and my provider and my source to work this out for me. Show me who to take it to. Show me who to go to. Show me how it's going to get resolved. So you don't come out on the losing end. Because what most people will do is once they start driving and it's problems, their pride will make them force them to try and resolve their own problems. And you get deeper and deeper and deeper into more problems because of self-will. So you want to relax the driving and let the spirit of faith drive on. So you look for God to lead you to make a corresponding action or work that will cause your faith to be reconnected to God's power. And stay in faith. Don't get out of the car. Don't jump out because your flesh sees something that looks more tantalizing and it looks like you'll get it faster huh, than trusting God or faster than your faith will get you there. Really, most of us are pretty slow spiritually. huh? We don't have a lot of real quick spiritual people. Now, we got a lot of swift flesh people because your flesh will work real quick. To do things. Huh? You get your paycheck and see how fast your mind will add up what you could do with it other than what you're supposed to be doing with it. <laughs> so your flesh works very, very rapidly to get yourself, get on to the next thing where you can spend some more, where you can get some more, where you can have some more, where you can do some more. Huh? That's the flesh. The spirit works relatively slowly in comparison because your spirit wants you to be successful. So your spirit wants your faith to be built, your spirit wants you full of the word, your spirit wants you to work by love so that so the enemy doesn't have a chance to plant anything in that promise that wouldn't be a blessing to you. So your spirit wants things to run smoothly and he knows he has to work with you to get you in position. And get you in shape so that you can freely receive what it is that God has for you. So your spirit does all of those things. So he really is taking care of you. He is the, Your faith is, is the custodian of your promise. Your faith is a custodian of your spirit. Getting it to the place where it can understand God. It can receive what God has for it. And it can be successful in everything that God has. Everything. And so once you've understood what you want, you ask God for it, and you let your faith start driving you to it, your faith will compel you to do some things that you may not think are very smart in order to get these things. Sometimes your faith will tell you to draw a picture of something that you want. And He'll describe it to you. He'll tell you the color. He'll tell you the type. And he'll tell you the price. Now that's happened to me with almost every car, even when my husband was alive. Almost every car we owned, I got a description of it before it came. And so God says, when it comes, it will be this and it will be that. But I will add to it because I'll do exceeding and abundantly beyond all you can ask or think. And so that was what I set myself in agreement with God for And as we pursued We went out and received. Now, every car that we have bought, we didn't. We never paid cash for them. My husband was the type of person he could figure out who was given the best credit, and usually he wound up making money. You know, he could find somebody who had zero interest, and if I took it out of the bank and they're paying this interest, I'm losing. You know, it was them kind of people. He everything, and that was when people were giving you interest on your savings or whatever. So he could take money and make money off and still buy something and have it. You can't, it depends on the economy, but you could do it back then. Until we got to the last car that we bought, and he found he couldn't really work it that well. And so, and we had thought we didn't have the money saved up to pay cash for it, but lo and behold we did. He said, I don't know why I'm still making payments on this car. He said, I could pay cash for it and get this thing out of the way. Which he did before he passed away. It was my car, the last car we bought. But every car, we knew the color. We knew the make. It was that exactly what we wanted. If there were problems with it, I was assured God would take care of it. My red car that I still have now, I no, don't want to get rid of it. I have no, I'm smart enough now to know that once I put faith in operation, that car's going to show up. The next one will. You got it? And so I don't play around See, this is the thing though. When you start understanding these things, you learn how to be careful. You're not running around saying, God told me, I want this, I want that. You don't do that when you understand how these things work. It's a curse and not, I mean a blessing and not sometimes. But I don't play around with wanting things because I know at some point the spirit of faith will start moving me toward it. And if I don't want to complicate my life. You understand what I'm saying? Unnecessarily. And so you're careful about your wants. You're careful about your, what you get your mind wound up in. I want to get my mind wound more up in things that I know will help people. With the years that I have left to live, I want them to account for more than just accumulating things. I would love to have been that way a lot earlier. You know what I'm saying? But you get there. You get there. And so when I I got the last car that we got, I decided that I don't want any more notes. No, no, you know, just whatever, God. I can get there. I can hitch a ride with somebody. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Miss Daisy, I find somebody in the ministry with a car. I like that car riding me in it, God. You know, there's a lot of ways you can do this. But when I got that car... And I know I prayed for it because I saw it before it got there. And it was interesting because on my birthday, somebody drove a car up to the church that looked almost like it. And I thought for sure that he had gotten it for my birthday. And I said, did you get me a car for my birthday? And he said, no, no, I really didn't. And when he said no, it was no. You know, you couldn't frisk him and find out. He just didn't get it. And so I said, I saw a car. I said, it's almost like the one that I want. I said, and it's sitting out there in the church parking lot. You sure you didn't get that car for me yet? He said, no, I didn't get it yet. And then he swallowed hard. And see, what let let me know was he wasn't planning to get me nothing like that. (laughs) You got me? Huh? Like a Honda toy. He knew I wouldn't go around and no, but you know what I'm saying, he's been downsized in his brain. So then that let me let him know that that was what I wanted and God let me know God was gonna convince him to get it for me. You see. And so like in the next three weeks we kept looking and we found. It just had a, a, a regular red top. It didn't have the thing, you know, with the hole in the I didn't want it with a hole in the roof. And so it didn't have all of that but I knew that it was on the way and God confirmed it that way to me. He always confirmed things to you. You'll always get a shadow of it. You'll always you'll know that your faith is working for real because it's there for real. So we got the car, the transmission went out on it in 3 weeks. And I had no fear whatsoever. We bought it from a private owner. It had been maintained, but that was went out. No, and God said, call the, I knew the number of the people. We bought enough GM cars to know who to call and stuff like that. He said, call those people. And he told me what to tell them. And I said, well, sir, I bought so-and-so and such-and-such, and it's not under warranty, but the mileage is low. He said, and tell them this, I am sure you make a better product than this because my transmission has ceased to work, and I need to know what you plan to do about it. Well, ma'am, we certainly do, and we certainly will. And if you'll bring it in, we will certainly. Everything will certainly, certainly, certainly. You got me? I don't struggle with people. Now, see, in my carnal younger days, I used to get on there, throw a fit, and got almost nothing. But now I let my faith drive me to the point where everything will be worked out because I went through the steps to get it. I decided what I wanted. I sought God. For it. Amen. And I developed my faith for it over years. And then almost it's automatic after a while. You just The steps are in your brain already. And you know what you have to go through in order to get it. And you know when you got it and you know it's yours. And you know how to keep your flesh out of the way so your flesh don't get excited about something that it ain't supposed to have. Huh? And so you want to be in that position where your faith takes you to the place where God's power is released. And you can receive the things that God has for you. And they don't hurt your life. They're a blessing. They don't cost you an arm and a leg. You don't go into all kinds of debt for them. You're not straining yourself. You're not struggling. You're not living most of your life getting gray hair because of what you don't know what's coming and you're not sure you know all the uncertainties faith will give you the confidence and the assurance that everything's fine and that's what you want more than anything you want peace of mind in your living you don't just want stuff dope dealers can get stuff but they don't have peace I guess unless they can shoot everything that comes in but you know you got to make your own peace When you're illegal. But when you're a legal child of God and you receive things through God's legal channels, you don't have the concerns. I have absolutely no concerns about things. You understand me? Unless it's it's sometimes it's a health thing every now and then. You know, I look at the years and I think, hmm, this could go wrong. That could go wrong. And once I get sick of doing that in my brain for a minute, then I go back to the word. Yeah, but by his stripes I'm healed. Amen. He renews my youth like the eagles every day. Why am I sitting here being stupid, wasting my time thinking like this? For I could be thinking the word of God huh, and building myself up. So you'll have times when your brain will slip over into stupid. But then you'll find over there you don't have the peace. You don't have the confidence. You don't. You can't find your way over in there, and then you just backpedal and get back over into the will of God where everything's good and where he can help you. But if you're waiting for something, folks, just stay, keep feeding your, your, your car, your fuel, your faith, the word, because he's taking you somewhere. You're not just idling and you're not just wasting time, but you are on your way to the promise that God so, so uh, dearly wants to bring to you. He really, really wants to bless us. And he does it because our faith has an appointment, huh? It has an appointment with God's power. All right. Why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word and thank you for understanding that comes with your word. And Lord, we thank you that our faith does have an appointment with your power. And I thank you, Lord, for the power of God working in our faith. I thank you, Lord, for the power of God working. A reality in us that cannot be denied. And so, Lord, I thank you for the working of faith in our lives in a supernatural way. In a way that we can trust. In a way that we can measure. In a way that we know will bless us. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. If you want prayer, come on.